0: What's up, guys? This is Alex Osterly, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 11 of the Food Marketing Nerds podcast. Is it possible to change the way that people think about a food that they have loved for their entire lives? Today's guest will tell you that it's not easy, but with a great product and outstanding marketing, it's definitely possible. Will Schaefer is the director of marketing for Beyond Meat, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of their company already, but if you haven't, they have been absolutely crushing it and really changing the game around plant-based protein. And it's not just vegetarians and vegans that like their stuff. Carnivores are embracing their products and for good reason, because they taste exactly like actual meat. In our interview, Will goes over how Beyond Meat has been so successful in challenging the conventional norms, especially with their newest product, the Beyond Burger. And we'll get into that a little more later. But even though Beyond Meat has created its own category, the marketing and social media strategies that we talk about today can be super effective for any food and beverage company that's launching a new product. In this episode, we talk about how to introduce a product into a demographic outside of your core consumers, why social media is so effective for revolutionary food brands, how to create demand before your product even launches, and a ton more. So let's go chat with Will. welcome to the food marketing nerds podcast where we talk marketing branding
1: and social media with the smartest minds in the business here's your host alex
0: Osterley. so i'm here with will Schaefer, who is the director of marketing at beyond meat thanks so much for being a guest on the show will hey great to join you guys alex can you give us just a little bit of background into Beyond Meat and how you came into your role that you're at currently? Sure. So first, about Beyond Meat, uh, the company's been in business about seven years,
1: and the mission of the company is to replicate meat using plants, and to try to do so in you know in all the ways possible. So the taste, the texture, the the smell, the way it sizzles on the pan, the nutrition as well. Um, the idea being that you know, do you really need Animals to create meat. Uh, animal is just a, a bioreactor, if you will, for converting plants into protein. And is, isn't it possible in this day and age to find those same basic building blocks, biological building blocks in the plant kingdom, and kind of arrange them in the way that meat is constructed? And we believe the answer is yes, and we're doing that. And so I've been with Beyond Meat now about two years. The, the company, has, as I said, started seven years ago. They've been selling products for about four. And I, I joined the company about two years ago as director of marketing. And it's been a, a wild ride uh, since. We just launched our newest product, the Beyond Burger, which is a plant-based burger that uh, looks like raw beef, uh, smells and sizzles and tastes like a quarter pound eighty twenty beef burger, but it's entirely plant plant-based like everything that we do and it's it's so convincing that it's being sold in the meat section at Whole Foods uh, in a a test market that's
0: doing really really well and I haven't tried it yet but I've heard and read some really impressive reviews so I cannot wait to try it myself
1: Yeah, us too. We're moving as quick as we can to expand our uh, capacity and to be able to make a lot more of them and ship to the rest of the different whole foods regions outside of this uh, initial test market where it's just uh, far exceeded our expectations for
0: people's interest and and how well it would be received. So I know from a a previous... Previous discussion that you guys are testing the Beyond Burger out here in Colorado. Actually, that's right. Yeah, is there a reason behind that?
1: There is. It's not. Uh, it's not as interesting as you might think. Um, some some speculated that we we did that because Colorado, in particular Boulder, where we first uh, the very first stores in Pearl uh, Pearl Street and Boulder, uh, thinking that you know well, that's such a progressive area um, that uh that's true uh that it's progressive but it just worked out that that was uh where w- when we offered the the product to a number of different whole foods regions uh that was the first region that bit and we're really grateful that uh, a guy named Tom rich who's the basically the VP of that region kind of shared our vision and it and very quickly got it and we were it took a little more selling with some of the other regions that eventually came on uh, or came around uh, you know to, to saying, you know oh we, we want to test this but we only had a limited amount of product for a limited amount of stores to do the test and they bit first so that's why we started out in um, in Boulder but um, and it, it worked out well that Tom, uh, this guy Tom, really got the vision and, and even took it one step further and said, "Why not?" create a burger bar inside of that Whole Foods because a lot of Whole Foods have sort of in-store restaurants and so he had the vision to to create this entirely plant-based, you know, it's like a Burger King inside of a Whole Foods for all intents and purposes but everything is vegan. So that's had a nice, uh, you know, sort of symbiotic effect with uh, our selling the products in the meat section because you can also get it at this restaurant. So that's it's been a huge success there in that store and it's quickly expanded to others in the Denver area but you know another region that also quickly said that they wanted to test with us uh, was DC and so we we've got it in a couple markets there where it's also doing really really well and that's that's uh, great as far as we're concerned just because you know it's two very different diverse markets diverse consumer groups and it's equally successful in both and unfortunately at this point we just don't have the burgers to supply to other regions who've uh, quickly wanted to get involved um, so we're now it's our job to figure out how to make a whole lot more of it and expand the availability
0: so kind of that that, that theme of starting in one in one region and then figuring out how to make a, a whole lot more of it I mean the the just beyond meat and the beyond meat concept has has grown so fast, and you guys have gotten just an incredible amount of of p r and write ups in the biggest publications that that any p r company would be just dying to have you guys as a client is there i and i know I know you've also leveraged some influencers and uh they've been really smart about engaging with athletes, but I'm just curious what has been in in your mind one of the biggest catalysts to growth is it that that buzzworthiness of it
1: Yes, but I think it does kind of start a layer deeper in that the reason it's so buzzworthy and topical is because we're trying to you know the mission of the company is grounded in trying to tackle these enormous um, you know world uh you know sort of global Scale problems that we're facing in terms of uh, being able to provide enough protein and, and nutrition for a world that's you know going to be nine billion people here in uh, another another twenty years, and do so in a way that's environmentally sustainable. You you look at the current way we're creating protein uh, meat. For the global population and it's just not sustainable in terms of uh, greenhouse gases, the toll that's taking on land and water pollution, um, just the, the resources that goes into it. It's not sustainable. Um, and so we were looking for a way to to do so more efficiently just from a business standpoint remove the bottleneck you know of course we're we're also um you know considerate of the the toll that meat takes on people's health and that's that's not a secret either uh there's a lot of good information out there about the the benefits of um of plant protein as an alternative to to traditional animal-based protein and uh and so you take these kind of, you know, it's a sort of a superstorm of health and environmental issues, and, and raising awareness around animal welfare, and we're we're providing a solution that 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 hits the nail on the head, like for all of those problems simultaneously, and so I think that's really um, just to be. You know, matter of fact and, and and humble about it. That's I think a big part of the reason why we're getting so much attention. I think we're we're doing what we're doing well, but uh, we we just happen to be at the right place at the right time, tackling a very timely number of issues.
0: And I, I can definitely see why why that is. I mean, the right place at the right time is is crucial. And uh, speaking from as a, as a testament of my own, I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, How Not to Die.
1: I haven't. That sounds like a good one.
0: <laughs> it's it's basically just a it's honestly, uh, I actually listened to the book, but it's it's almost an 18-minute advertisement for Beyond Meat, <laughs> to, to be honest. And as as a, a I guess devout carnivore myself, I, listening to this book, it, it just it, it honestly scared me into. Uh, I, I actually went vegan for which a lot of my friends probably don't know. And a lot of people wouldn't know about me, but I, I went vegan for a couple of weeks and it was just too difficult to get that, that satiating source of protein, but that, uh, that knowledge that getting a, uh, or having a diet that's, that's very high in, in animal protein sources is, uh, there's, there's a lot of different diseases and, and cancer, even that's attributed that's uh, correlated with that. So,
1: yeah, yeah. the science is definitely building, but I, I love that you say, you know, um, you know, you're, you identify as a carnivore because that's actually the, the you're, you are our target market for Beyond Meat and that we will, we will be pleased when um, happy carnivores kind of are out of reasons to, to say no to something like Beyond Meat because you just, you know, there's no trade-off. That's that's our goal, to give you meat, but just meat made directly from plants. It's every bit as delicious and satisfying as uh, whatever, it, you know, your your meat, your animal-based meat, you know, guilty pleasure might be, whether that's bacon or a burger, which we're tackling right now, but, you know, certainly things like bacon are
0: on the horizon. And that's, that's interesting. And that, uh, that was going to be one of my questions was... Are you targeting? I, I saw on your website that you have that the cow, the little cow icon with a talk bubble saying "carnivores welcome" or whatever it says, or "we love carnivores." And I just out of curiosity, what demographic that your your consumer base is as far as uh, vegan and vegetarian versus? I guess, converted carnivores?
1: I'd say that our ambition is to have Beyond Meat products appeal to carnivores. And that's really the bar that we hold ourselves to ultimately for success. In terms of our consumer demographic, people that, that enjoy Beyond Meat, it certainly is a lot of Vegetarians and vegans, and we're grateful to have them as customers and for their support. We have a lot of shared, uh, interests and goals. And so we're, we're grateful for that. But, you know, just another company preaching to the, the choir isn't going to do anyone any good. And so we make a deliberate effort to, to reach out to people that are either happy carnivores or these days, a lot of people are trying to reduce their meat consumption. It depends on which report you go off of, but. There's an industry magazine called Meeting Place and they actually either did their own research or they were citing a study where about 70% of consumers they surveyed said they wanted to reduce their meat consumption, their animal-based meat consumption and that was that's just kind of astounding when you think about it like the it's a huge population for us to reach out to and say okay if 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 that's true we have we have something for you to Consider, and more and more we 're finding success with those people it 's been fascinating to go into stores uh, where we 're selling the Beyond burger and we do we do in store sem- samplings uh, and just the number of people who come up who I love it when people come up to us who haven 't heard anything about beyond meat or what we 're doing, and we just say, "Hey, you want to try." Uh, a new kind of burger. Uh, it's it's made from plants, and and we've won over a lot of uh, unsuspecting carnivores who said, "Wow, I I can't believe it. I didn't know there was something like this out there." So that's really satisfying and kind of the sort of success that we aspire to.
0: Is there a reason you refer to it as a, a plant based burger as opposed to say a a veggie burger? There is,
1: I, yeah, veggie burger I think has a lot of baggage. And that's, that's one reason. But also, it's sort of a philosophical um, point, but I think an important one that we really are trying to invite people to consider you know, meat as being more about its composition than its origin. And people traditionally think about meat as like what has to come from an animal. But if if you look at the basic building blocks of meat, and it's mostly uh, amino acids, fats, and water with a little bit of trace minerals and carbohydrates, if you can find all those basic building blocks directly in the plant kingdom, which is just what a cow is doing, and then use some simple processes to turn that into this uh, architecture of meat, our position is that that's every bit you know, as much meat as what comes from a cow. And so, so, so that's an important distinction that we're trying to… To share with others around, and when you say plant-based meat, and and then of course, like sometimes you just tell people something is vegan or vegetarian or veggie burger. Old tapes, you know, start playing about, uh, you know, the the stuff from fifteen or twenty years ago that was like hockey pucks. You know, you get those kind of jokes, and so so we 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 try not to use that term and don't especially love it when people just you know refer to us as another veggie burger because we're we're trying hard to be something more than that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really smart approach. I just think of. Whenever I think of veggie burger, I think of the Budweiser or Bud Light commercial with the the Quino burger. If you've seen that, I have. Yes, yeah, I have totally seen that. But yeah, your burgers do not look like that. And it's I I'm just curious how people are extremely passionate about meat. And I'm speaking from from myself, who when I was when I told the the few people that I was considering going vegan after reading this book because of all the the science that was coming out. People were rolling their eyes. people were like, you, you're you're wrong. I'm just curious how if if you're not in front of them at a store, how are you educating these these people who are extremely passionate about that about that meat source?
1: Well, you know you kind of touched on it. you know tasting really is believing for our our products, and that's so being in stores is really the single best thing. Um, beyond that, we're trying to. To reach people um through different means, our our, our public relations media outreach and the what well, we try to convey and communicate in uh, you know in those interviews is you know reframe trying to reframe meat as, as being about its composition not origin and some of these things is just one way to get people to try and rethink a little bit of like their assumptions um, but we're you know just as, as marketers too we also try to be a bit creative in how we do that and one key thing is uh, we have a number of partnerships with professional athletes uh, people like JJ Reddick who plays for the Clippers all the way to to more grassroots, like uh, where, uh, where there's a surfer named Tia Blanco, who's an up and coming star, who's a 100 vegan athlete, and and uh, it's a little bit of you know the got milk playbook, um, you know, or you know even Nike and Gatorade is using these professional athletes, you know, who are thriving on plant based protein to get people to rethink their choice, and they're like, wow, if these if these people that are at the pinnacle of physical performance can thrive. On a vegetarian or vegan diet, then then maybe I don't need to you know eat like a caveman like I, I perhaps thought I did. So uh, that's you know that's something we definitely want to put more resources and, and
0: energy into going forward. And I'm sure that really propagates out to social media. And you guys have built an outstanding following, and uh, I'm sure just a, a, an incredibly loyal customer base that is highly engaged on the different social media platforms that you guys have a presence on. Is building that loyal following and and massive following on social media been a a product of those these brand ambassadors professional athletes and and influencers or how, how have you guys gone about that
1: it's definitely helping
0: um you know the
1: our focus on athletes is really something that's taken off in the last you know year and a half or two we've we've put more into that and intend to going forward you know it's it's, it's been a just a, a work in progress now over four or five years to build our our social media presence and you know i would say there's the athlete ambassadors are are kind of a high level tier now that are definitely supportive and they 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 post and they repost content with their followers and so that's a great way to to bring to get outside our own channel and 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 get exposure through these athletes channels and and reach new consumers um, but along the way we've uh... made a concerted effort just to tap into other different kinds of uh, influencers so we're grateful to have a lot of fans um, we actually have a group called Superfans who are, who are bloggers and Instagrammers and YouTubers who are just fans of the brand or what we're doing that we've cultivated a friendly relationship with and they've uh, been instrumental in helping us to grow and they, they develop some of their own content and, and we share that or vice versa. Uh, we we try as much as we can to give our fans and super fans or interested parties a megaphone to to share their excitement for the brand uh, and and kind of um, show their love. And, and we try and reciprocate that. So I think that's been a kind of an ongoing concerted effort.
0: So I wasn't at Expo West when you guys actually pulled this off, but I've heard and, and read about how you guys designed your trade show booth to resemble a McDonald's. So... What was the thinking behind that and how was the response?
1: Um, the thinking behind that was we were, at the time, just launching our first burger, the Beast Burger. And at the same time, we had chicken tenders and poppers. So that was our new news, product news. And we were trying to think of, thinking of ways to to come up with a a theme for the booth that reflected the ambitions of the company and kind of what might be possible with our what we call is sort of the future of protein. And so, having a, a large burger chain uh, <laughs> and, and borrowing a bit of the, you know, some of the look and feel. And, and to be honest, it wasn't necessarily that we were just uh, looking at McDonald's. There's, you know, uh, there's a lot of chains that use kind of the the red and, and yellow. Theme. I mean, Carl's Jr. Uh, has that uh, in and out, of course. So uh, we we wanted to come up with a, a yeah a theme that really reflected the scale of our ambitions and invited people to think like what you know what's possible that you know maybe five years from now we really could have. Uh, a huge burger chain either a new one or an existing one that's, that's adopted plant-based protein as the as the main event and so i think we we're really successful in that way of of challenging people's ideas of what's possible and and the booth uh, had had quite a buzz at expo and and beyond and we had a lot of fun with it it was good natured. we weren't trying to bash anyone i should point out like wasn't the point wasn't to like put down in and out or carl jr or mcdonald's but more just to say like hey you know we let's let's take something everybody loves in a way you know and uh, i think most people have some good memories from you know, you know when they were a kid to to go into a mcdonald's or something like that and let's let's take the part we, we love about it and, and and make it better in our view
0: yeah, and I think the media p- definitely picked up on that because the coverage was significantly positive. It uh, it definitely, or you guys did a a really tasteful job of of incorporating that into your into that uh, that specific show.
1: Yeah, what what I'd add to it is just that that's kind of been a consistent theme with our marketing. And one of the things that I think works about our approach is that we don't. Take ourselves too seriously. The subject matter can be heavy, you know, and and you can come at the idea of plant-based protein from a lot of different angles. And uh, we deliberately try to bring a bit of wit and levity and maybe sometimes even some irreverence into how we market our products and the way we talk about things to make it more approachable and less preachy and uh, finger-wagging. And so that kind of was a... A manifestation of that.
0: Uh, you mentioned before the interview, you guys have a, a really cool influencer and media event coming up. Uh, can you give us a little bit of insight into that? And uh, hey, by the time this episode airs, little, little caveat, it'll have probably passed already. But uh, can you can you just give us a little uh, insight into the idea behind it, the planning, and um, how how you guys are going about it? Sure. Um, we're planning to have
1: in LA. Beyond Burger, Launch Party, as well as one in New York. Um, And uh, both will be timed to be slightly before the the broad expansion of... uh, of the, of the burger into hopefully all Whole Foods regions. And that's kind of unfolding as we speak as we figure out how quickly we can ramp up a plant and make enough product. But very likely this will be still just before we, we have that expansion, which is an important part of what we're trying to do. And that's just create a lot of anticipatory buzz uh, about the product. So at these events, we're intending to invite some of our professional athletes, um, a bunch of media, a number of, Influencers and celebrities, some of whom are, you know, kind of in the the the, the plant based world and space, and, and a lot of whom are not, uh, which is which is great. That's kind of what we want. We want a lot of carnivores there who, who are just s- surprised and delighted with our products. And by by bringing these athletes and celebrities and influencers and media all together, and giving them this kind of sneak peek. You know, it, it's not a groundbreaking strategy or anything, but I don't know if it's done as much in the food world. Uh, we're just trying to get people really uh, excited and give them that exclusive early chance to to try the product because it's frankly it's really hard to to get a burger unless you're in the, in the Boulder or Denver area or DC area. And so we're we're bringing it to to some of these folks in the hopes that they help tell the story and and share it out. Uh, and uh, I was kind of inspired a little bit by like you know, um, companies like Tesla where Tesla will, you know, tease their tease their product launches for like a year or two in advance. And um, we're not doing it to that extreme, but you know, to some to some degree we just wanted to uh, to to give people a sneak peek that hopefully got them excited about what we are doing.
0: Do you have any any guess on time frame from when those events actually happen and hit the different media channels to when you guys will have that distribution?
1: uh we're looking at the LA event towards the end of September and the New York in in mid October and, and, and if, if things go well we hope to be in um, expanding to a, a number of different whole foods regions in uh in mid to late October but it's um it's It's unfolding as we speak it 's unfortunately just a really inexact science to scale up a plant as fast as you can and make a product that's kind of very new to the world and has never been made uh, the way we 're making it and so there's just literally you know technical hurdles and challenges we're we're working through on a daily basis and problem solving and it's it's funny i don't we don't talk a lot about it on our social media we're getting so many consumers that are saying like you know like enough already of like the teasing business just. You know, give me the give me the damn burgers, and I get it on the one hand, but it's it's frustrating on our, on our end too because we're uh, you know part of us wants to say like you know we're you know we're we're trying as fast as we can. It's not that we're we are trying to deprive uh, people of the chance to to get it. It just it just takes time, and we're figuring this out as a startup company still in ways uh, to to get it out there uh, as fast as we can and make enough of it. So it's interesting.
0: It really is a a learn-as-you-go process, especially in a a changing industry and just a a changing profession, honestly, which I'm sure you are well aware. Is there anything since you started with Beyond Meat that you can look back at and say, that was probably the biggest learning experience I've had, and I wish I would have known that when I started?
1: Yeah, I think, if anything, it's really underscored something that was emerging for me as I was coming to Beyond Meat and part of I think part of what excited me about Beyond Meat and kind of my my hypothesis going in that I feel like the experience is really validated and that that is like a great product strategy is perhaps their single best marketing strategy. You know, put more simply, like you just have to have a great product, especially with these days with uh, how quickly information travels, how networked people are. Um, you know, word of mouth moves very fast on the internet through social media channels, and if you don't have an outstanding product, no amount of marketing is going to solve that problem. And that you know, the time you spend coming up with a product that really is new and different and innovative and is literally remarkable uh, is is the best investment you can make. I think for any company, um, it, it it's what enables all your other marketing to work because uh, I think. I honestly think 20, 30 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago was a different story where uh, you, could, you could come up with a product that maybe wasn't amazing and, but with some really clever, good marketing enough people that you could get a success for some period of time within some you know some group of consumers but i just don't think that works anymore and kind of that's been something that throughout my career i've sort of been more and more thinking like you know gosh this like these companies some of the times the companies or brands i've been i was like i felt like we should have spent more time really focusing on the product and getting the product to be amazing uh and not that you do that in a silo That You know, that's definitely something that is should be part of the marketing process, and uh, consumer, you know, consumers should be part of that and consumer feedback. Um, but until you have a great product, you know, you really uh, shouldn't be spending time and energy trying to market it. Um, and I've been fortunate to be at the right place, the right time to help kind of see that strategy through at Beyond Meat. And we've we've developed something that is transformational, I think, with the Beyond Burger. That's our, our most um, convincing product that really lives up to our ambition and, and mission. And it definitely has room for improvement, but we're really proud of it. And I think that's going to pay some significant dividends as, in terms of realizing our goal to kind of become the next great American meat company.
0: And I'm sure it will. It's It's such a revolutionary product and a great story and that's explains why you guys are a media darling and have tons of viral videos that have have done really well and it's a testament to that focus on that product quality and and i'm sure you've had a, a big hand in that and have, have played a big role in, in seeing that through well thanks um i'm feel really
1: fortunate to be part of a great team uh that's that's helped to bring bring all that to life
0: so i've got uh, two final questions These are two questions that I, I ask all of our guests first one is do you have any personal routines or or any tools that you use on a, a semi-regular basis that help you to be more productive
1: I try to get up on the early side, uh, get into the office by you know eight or eight thirty and for for whatever reason for me, that just works um, you know, I've tried to explain it to my girlfriend she's like, "Why do you?" Go in so early. A lot of people in California I think are on a little later schedule they're, you know, it's, it's it's totally acceptable to go in you know, nine or nine thirty. For me, there's a little bit of like an early bird gets the worm where it just works for me. I even, even if I stayed at work the same amount of time, if I get up and get into the office early, I feel like I'm more productive and get more done and maybe stay a step ahead of the emails. And so that's just a very simple thing that works for me. But that I think could be a really individualistic uh, individual, individualized thing. And maybe that doesn't work for, for other people who are sure they're not mourning people like I am. And then, uh, gosh, it's a simple one, but just maintaining a to-do list, I think is really, uh, good for me and that it, it kind of keeps, makes me be mindful of, My priorities of what I actually want to get done versus getting sucked into being reactive, which is so easy to do with kind of our email centric uh, workflow and culture. That if you don't, if I don't come in with a kind of a list of like, these are my priorities this week or even on a daily basis, I'm going through it multiple times and being like, okay, what did I want to get done today and, and what am I doing? It's so easy for urgent stuff to pop up that maybe isn't important. And suddenly you realize like a week or two slips away without you getting. Truly important
0: things accomplished. So I don't, I'm sure you're insanely busy, but if you do have the the time to to put aside to do some reading, are have there been any books recently that you've read that have helped shape the way you think or to really help you do your job better?
1: I do subscribe to uh, a number of um, a number of blogs, and like I'm a I'm a Seth Godin fan, so uh, I'll I'll try and pick up one of his books now and then because I just find that they're pretty timeless and always have some some great uh, tips. I, I might just encourage people to sign up for Seth's blog. He sends out a, a daily uh, email blog. It's usually you know a paragraph or two. It can be read in less than a minute or two and just always has some sort of great nugget of wisdom that I can apply to, to what I'm doing. So that's probably my best day-to-day. Um, I can't think of a book that I've read just like in the last few months that it kind of lives up to that sort of day-to-day benefit I get from like reading his blog.
0: Yeah, I, I do love Seth Godin, and I will definitely be signing up for his newsletter. I didn't realize that he had that that short newsletter. I've, I have read his blog, and a few of them are pretty long, and it's it's time consuming. So it is tough, and when there's the tyranny of the urgent, and like you said, that kind of reactivity of those emails, so. That is a really useful piece of content marketing on his behalf. Well, thanks so much, Will. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure our, our listeners will too. Well, it's a pleasure to join the the marketing nerds. <laughs> and, <laughs> Welcome to the nerd herd. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, where can people go to find out more about Beyond Meat and uh, the, the launch of your your new Beyond Burger?
1: You can just go to our website, beyondmeat.com, and I encourage people to follow us on Facebook or the other channels if they're on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Of course, we've got that too, but Facebook's a great one. We post a lot of
0: our updates there. Well, thanks again, Will. It has been a pleasure, and it's been a great learning experience for me, and I'm sure for everybody else. Thanks again for tuning in to Food Marketing Nerds. If you guys are enjoying the podcast or finding any information helpful to you or your business, we would really, really appreciate it if you could take a quick second to give us your honest feedback in a review on iTunes. Thanks again for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Food Marketing Nerds podcast. For interview transcripts or to download your free
1: social media ebook, check out foodmarketingnerds.com.